Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.com. FamousApple.com. FamousApple.com is the home site for this podcast. You got a minute? Go over there, check it out. Hey, how you doing today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Hey, have you been keeping up with your doctor's appointments? You keeping up with your rehab? You keeping up with your medications? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Are you getting your medications delivered? How about it? Uh, are you getting your food delivered to the house? Are you staying away from crowds, social distancing? Are you wearing the masks? Can't ask for better than that. It's good for you. It's good for others. Keeping yourself safe. It's keeping other people safe. Hey, we got a really good one for you today. But before I tell you about today's podcast, I want to tell you something that I got in the mail on January 25th. And I am so proud that I received this. I'm going to read this to you. It's an email. It says, Pickle number one, Tamara McDuff, and pickle number two, Sid Ragona, would like to congratulate you and welcome you to the Pickle Club. You are now an honorary pickle for your participation in Rethinking Business, Success Source, and Two Pickles. Please find your official certificate attached. Thanks again. And what I received was a certificate of appreciation, rethinking business and success source, and two pickles. This certifies that Mr. Jimmy Apple is hereby awarded the coveted title of honorary pickle. (laughs) Signed by Tamara McDuff, pickle number one, and Sid Ragona, pickle number two. I am now known as Mr. Jimmy Pickle. <laughs> and I am very proud of that. I'm Mr. Jimmy Pickle Apple. <laughs> I'm a pickled apple now. Well, I'm having this certificate framed and put up in the studio. That's right. I am having I am very proud of this certificate. Very proud. And I'm very proud to have made friends with Tamara and Sid and Kristen who happens to be, I think, the boss. (laughs) I think Kristen is the boss. And I'm very proud to have met these people. They are very, very, very nice people. I'm very proud to call them my friends. And I'm just blown away by the certificate. I was surprised. I was honestly surprised. I was away for a couple of days, and I didn't actually open my email until the other night. And when I seen this, it just, it tickled me. It it really did. And it made me feel really warm inside, to be honest with you. And I'm definitely having, I'm having a frame. I ordered a frame from Amazon and I should receive it by tomorrow. And I am putting it up in my studio. So thank you, pickle number one. Thank you, pickle number two. And thank you, big pickle, Kristen. <laughs> oh, it really... I feel so proud to be a pickle. I'm a pickled apple now. So on today's podcast, I have an I have I had an interview with a fellow Jim 
Gavin. This man, I have to tell you, let me just read a little bit about him here. His name is Jim Gavin, and he is the founder and CEO of Key of Awesome Music, a mission-based organization who primarily serves and supports individuals with developmental disabilities, children and adults, through interactive fun and educational group and one-on-one -on -one music session. He, he also supports those with drug and alcohol addictions, mental health issues, Alzheimer's, dementia, sick children, and those who have suffered from domestic violence in this same fashion. This guy is phenomenal. He's nonstop. He starts when the sun rises and doesn't stop until <laughs> the sun's about to rise again. He He's all over the place. And I, I just can't say enough nice things about him. He's he's a hardworking young man. He And I say young. He's, he's middle-aged. But <laughs> he's got a, a very young spirit. And... Oh, he just, he'll give you the shirt off his back. He's hes all over the place. His, and his wife is very understanding. He, he's, I don't know how, to, how else to explain it. But he's nonstop, nonstop. And just when he thinks he's done for the day, he'll get a phone call and he's up and at it again. And his wife is very understanding about it. She helps him. It's unbelievable. He does everything. He he writes music, he sings music, he plays music, and he makes videos daily. So what I want you to do is sit back, relax, and I want you to listen to this interview. His voice is even soothing. So without further ado, let me bring you over and introduce you to Jim Gavin. And we have with us today, Jim Gavin. He's the founder and CEO of Improving, yeah, improving the Quality of Life with Music. Uh, hi, Jim. Thank you for being with us. Can you tell hey, us a little you. bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, our company is actually called Key of Awesome Music. Our, what, what you probably saw is our, our slogan. Which is good. That's awesome. That's because that's what we're intending to do is to improve the quality of life with music. So what we do mostly is spend time with those who are basically underserved, that we feel are underserved. And that could mean those who have developmental disabilities. That could mean those who have Alzheimer's or dementia, those who have drug and alcohol addiction, um, those who just like children, you know, because a lot of like young kids, I have a young son. You know, before you get into school age, there's not much to really do. You can, you can go to libraries, you can go play at the park. So we're trying to find different things and ways to connect with people. And we do group sessions and individual lessons. We do, like, interactive performances. Uh, we, Of course, these days we're doing a lot of things virtually, so using Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and any other sort of video chat app that exists. Um, we also, like, write songs, so we have a few... Uh, employees and you know we, we write songs and, and try to do like personalized songs for people too uh, there's there's many different like ways that we try to connect with people and mostly we're based in New Jersey um, but like the advent of the internet and everything that's gone on in the last year in the world we have been able to support more people outside of just New Jersey so 
it's been amazing. Um, we've done some group sessions on Zoom for companies based in Arizona, Illinois, Florida, Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York. So it's way just out of you know the tri-state area where we live now because we were mostly spending time with those in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and just because that's the closest uh, to where we you know where we live. And we're we're most we're a mobile company, so we don't have a commercial space. Let's say we go to you. Um, and so that's been, it's always a lot of fun. I kind of feel like I'm going on tour every day when I'm not, you know, when we're not in the middle of social distancing and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride so far. I've, we've been in existence for almost three years. Uh, I've been in the human services field, supporting those with special needs mainly for about 10 years. And like I branched off on my own to start my own company three years ago. So it's, it's been it's been a wild, amazing ride. There's, you know, of course, there's ups and downs of everything, but for the most part, it's been really, really awesome to meet people, meet like-minded people, and, and believe in, and kind of take a leap of faith with us because, let's face it, when it comes down to the end of the day, a lot of the individuals we serve and support, music is not necessarily a necessity for them. It's more basic care, you know, changing, clothing, feeding, making sure they get to their day programs, to their doctor's appointments. And, you know, I'm a little biased because I'm a musician, but I think music is a necessity. I believe music is a necessity, but it's not something that will, you know, have literally keep us alive like food, water, and oxygen will. <laughs> and, and, you know, and love, you know. But I, I'm biased in the fact that I do believe that music is a necessity for all of us for our mental well-being. And so the fact that these places take a chance on us is, is big time because, you know, they could be utilizing the resources for other things, and they do. But it's, it's, it's a, to me, it's very humbling to know that there's places out there that are a little forward thinking, a little bit thinking more outside of the box and want to give some of the individuals that they support something fun to look forward to other than, like, doctor's appointments, you know, and that kind of thing, which is important. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it's nice we kind of come in as like an additive element to like a day program or a group home. And it's, it's always fun. Absolutely. Plus, Absolutely. Our, our, plus the individuals, like the, the people that we have as employees, I have four employees. We just love meeting new people, myself included. So it's always fun to meet new people and strike up new relationships. So. Well, music, music also, also incorporates math also, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, you have to count four. That you, there's, there's no secret why a drummer in a punk rock band counts everybody like one, two, three, four, because music based off is like that number pretty much. So the, right, <laughs> as, as far as rhythm goes. So yeah. there, there's a learn, there's a an element of learning. Sure, sure it, there most certainly is in our sessions, yeah. And I, I looked at one of your videos, and I seen you teaching. There was a young man you were teaching, to to, yeah. to play the guitar. So there's an element of learning that goes into it, and it didn't even look like he knew he was learning, and he was learning that's, something. That's the big thing that I've always been about, is to teach, use music as a tool to teach, but not necessarily make it so overtly about teaching that people think they're learning. And I think that's the, to me, that's like always been like the great teachers that I've had throughout life is they made it so much fun that you didn't think like you were learning, but you were. Exactly. 
you know, and they made it, they made it fun and creative. And that I always really appreciated. And I remembered all those teachers, you know, from when I was younger. Uh, and I try to keep that mindset when I'm teaching a student something new, if they've never played it, played an instrument before. And, you know, and try, it's, it's been really fun to really just think outside of the box because teach somebody with Down syndrome guitar who has never played it before is a little bit of a different animal than than teaching like you what you would call a quote unquote typical person. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of interesting terminology that goes in and out. I just call everybody my friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's people there's people that in in the uh, human services field will call some of the individuals that we serve and support clients or consumers. And I don't like any of those no. words. I'm just like, they're my friends because they are, you know, like we make relationships and they're my friends. You know? Well, I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as a, as a, per, as a disabled person. There is no such thing. There's such a thing as a person with a disability, sure. but there is no such thing as a disabled person. The, uh, this, I like that because we are we are all we all have abilities. Right, yeah. that's right. And there there is there I I've never met a, a a disabled person. Everybody has something that's wrong with them. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Sure. Yep. So you may have a disability, but it doesn't make you a disabled person. Sure. I love that. That's a great way to to think about it. Right, I do believe that you know, and there's so many years ago where there, there's just been so many. It's been a really good thing over the last, I don't know, fifteen to twenty years that the kind of jargon and terminology has changed. Because let's face it, like forty, fifty years ago, people would use the R word all, all the time. Oh, I, sure. I hate that word. So, so I, do I. So, but do... that was socially acceptable like forty years ago. You know. Oh. <laughs> Well, don't you, do you, I don't know how old you are, but I remember as a kid, a, a person with Down syndrome, they call him mongoloid. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, terrible. And it is. And I could never understand that, to be honest, it could, because not for nothing, if you were a five-year-old kid and someone said, oh, that kid is mongoloid, that would scare the crap out of you. And there was right, nothing. It would, it would make it seem like they're almost alien, like Ex they're not human. Exactly, you know? exactly. Because you're a kid. What do you know about that word? Just the word itself is is a scary proposition. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound nice. Let's no, put it like that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, the those kids are the nicest kids in the world. I wish I could see the world through their eyes. To be honest with you're, you, you're right, man. There's a lot of innocence and purity, and in in their eyes, I I agree with you. I t oh, every every single person I met with who happens to have Down syndrome is the kindest, warmest person I've met. I'll tell you a quick story. My wife and I were gonna uh, were adopting, and oh. I didn't care what you know what kind of child we were gonna get. We were just gonna adopt. So we went in Pennsylvania, in Stroudsburg, to a, 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 a community meeting in, in a church, and it was with disabled children, 
and all Down syndrome children. And so we went to a meet and greet, and it was on a on Halloween. So they were having a party for the kids, and we were meeting parents of kids with Down syndrome. And the kids were running around. They were having a blast. Now, I walked with a cane at the time. And this little girl came running. She was charging past. She was having a blast. And she stopped dead right in front of me. And she looked at me. And she rubbed my cane. She liked petting my cane. She smiled. And then she ran off. <laughs> and she was, I, I looked at her. And the, the woman that we were talking to, she said she felt bad for you for, because of the cane. That's all it was. And I was just, I wish I could see the world through their eyes. And when you sat down and talked with the kids, not a bad word. Everyone was happy. I didn't want to leave. Wow. And it, it was just, it was just nice. And, you know, we went through the, we, we ended up going through the adoption. And we got, we, we did get a little girl and life went on. But I, I would just love to be able to see the world through their eyes. Yeah, there is something really special. There is. And my wife works with the developmentally disabled in Westchester. She's a nurse. I don't know. When we were young, when we were young though, people people made them, I don't know. It, it's sad. It was sad. I think of the the homes, uh, I can't think of the name of the home right now that they they found such abuse going on. I, oh, that one home. Yeah, un unfortunately, there that happens more than you'd like it, than you might that you might think. Um, I think it is a product to do with. Well, I think it's a multiple of reasons why it, it happens. Um, one, I think that the employees that work at the group homes they're just exhausted. They're oh. burnout. They're tired. They're on their wits end. They're working two or three jobs. I've seen it uh, plenty and. There could be that because some you know, your patients can be tested quite a bit. Sure. Uh, there's sometimes the, quali the, the quality of candidates that they get for employees there aren't what you might say upstanding citizens. That's, that's the right. best way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get. I mean, sometimes you get like amazing people. But then the problem with that that I've seen at different nonprofits is you get some amazing people. And then upper management sees that, wow, everybody respects this person. They do great stuff. And then they work them to death because they can't trust their other employees as right. much as they can trust these top five, let's say, employees that are amazing. So they just get they just get burnout. Like, it's just a lot of burnout going on. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It really you know? is. <laughs> it really is. But I think it's great what you're doing with the music. Because music is like a language that everybody understands. And not for nothing, you're a great talent. I, I'm amazed that you're, you're a writer, a producer, <laughs> you do the arrangements, and you... Now, do you play all the instruments? Yeah, I... I, I minus, like, strings, because, like, I don't... What I, mean, what I mean by strings are like orchestral strings, so I don't know how to play violin or viola or cello or anything like that. But anytime I do a recording, I usually just use software instruments for like strings, like in that manner. But 
Uh, I play guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, uh, drums, and various percussion instruments, harmonica, kazoo, like all these silly instruments and any, anything you would put, hear on a recording that's not like orchestral strings, like I've played myself. Yeah. Wow. I, I just, God gave me this gift. I do believe it's a gift. And because there's many reasons why, but the biggest reason is I don't know how to read music. Get out of here. I've never learned how to read music. I've never taken formal music classes. I don't really know music theory. I know a little bit of it because I felt in my mid-20s, like, I should probably learn a little bit of music theory. Um, I had, like, two guitar lessons when I was, like, 16, and my dad taught me more than the, the, the teacher. So I just said, like, look, Dad, like, I don't want you guys to be paying this person. I knew at 16, I'm like, like, I'd rather just, like, discover this on my own because like you've already taught me more than the teacher has dad um and he, my dad doesn't even play that much he just had like an old guitar kind of hanging in the corner and so i don't know yeah it, I, I know that it's a gift that was given to me I, did, I didn't always know that um until i started discovering uh having more conversations with musicians uh in in the area where i live and you know we'd play open mic nights or play at different various venues uh, together and I'd, I'd strike up conversation and they're like, you know, they talk all something real technical and I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. They're like, what? <laughs> it's like basic music theory. I'm like, I don't know how to read music. They're like, no way. I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's a lot of people that didn't. I don't think the Beatles knew how to read music. No. I'm pretty sure the Beatles did not know how to read music. Wow. And and they, they made an unbelievable career for themselves because it's just somehow innate within certain people, right? Um, and I, it's, it's innate in me, and I didn't discover it until I was, like, 16 uh, that I was into music, like, that I could channel sort of something to make music happen. And it's just, like, such a part of who I am, you know? My wife sometimes uh, <laughs> might not always like the fact that I'm so musically inclined because I'm always tapping my foot against something or you know playing the drums on my lap or playing like a rhythm on my lap or on my chest or she probably just sometimes like come on can you just give it a rest but there's always <laughs> some, some, some sort of music like happening through me I don't know really how to explain it and how do you write music then if you if you never I just, I'm like, you can write songs without writing down notation sheets. So I just, I have a very good visual memory. So I just remember, okay, let's let's put a couple, few different chord progressions together. And I figured out how to do, you know, an intro, a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, sort of bridge chorus, like how the songs you might hear on the radio would sound in that sort of structure. And I have a, I just remember where things are, where I put my fingers, what if I have a capo on the guitar, where I put that to make it a different key, um, and then I just have like a Microsoft Word document out or my phone and and capture like the idea as it's happening. If I'm around a, you know, I use, I try to have my phone with me or a notebook or something that I can write down words if like at least words come to me, and then I can write down like okay, that's a G chord. I know that because I seen it I, I i know visually what a g chord looks like you know but if i if you were to put a piece of music notation sheet in front of me that's where i it's like a foreign language to me. 
Wow. Like I, I, it's like a, a, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like a music notation. Yeah, yeah, no. One that's got like bass and treble clef. Uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the terminology, but like I don't know what any stands for. Like if you were to put like a musical note somewhere on the staff, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> frankly, I'm, a, I'm at a point where like I don't really care because I'm, I, to me, work. I basically work in an improvisational state my entire time with music. So I'm, I'm 36 now. So I've been doing, I've been learning music and getting trying to get better at it for 20 years and I've kind of adopted my own style and I don't really have a I don't really have a need or, or care to learn how to read music wow uh, so that I think that's why it's helped me with doing what I'm doing with the business is because I don't come at it from a normal angle I come at music like well how, how have I learned this and how would I think somebody like, cause I can't assume that somebody with developmental disabilities that I've seen knows even knows how to read. There's a lot of people that I've seen have no idea how to read. So how are they going to read music if they don't know how to read? Right. And or so I've thought of, can I make things easier just by visually looking at it? And like, for instance, a simple A major chord. This is a, something I use right now. You, you can use like two fingers to play that chord and I pretend that you do quotation marks because this those two fingers your pointer finger and your middle finger next to one another so I'll say let's make let's make the quotation marks and put it on the second fret on the second and third string and like that that's a different way of teaching than just like okay like this is what the chord sort of looks like you know like just, just that simple tweak um, to make something a little more visual mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and helped out a lot I you know, and I, I color coded a piano, so I, I teach kind of like music by color. You know, like how there's like painting by colors sort of thing. Right. Uh, right, right. I've done music by color, and I I made them all different keys on the pianos, um, the same color. So like all the A notes are like red. So A. So like apples. I said A apple red. Okay. Yeah. The A notes red like an apple, and so. I make these made up these like mnemonic devices that I thought would make sense, and I basically just use all the colors of the rainbow. So my keyboard's a big rainbow, <laughs> and and I teach students that way. I teach them by color. By okay, we're gonna play three orange notes in a row, and then we're gonna play two yellow notes in a row, and then I, I write out the sheet and I kind of make like uh, little squares of different colors uh, in a row, and that's that's how I I've, I've taught piano to individuals who have developmental disabilities uh, that are on the lower end of the spectrum, let's say, uh, that they know, if they know their colors, which it seems like a lot of them that I've come across too, then we can learn how to play music by colors. Cool. So it's, it's, it's not rock. I'm not doing anything I feel like super groundbreaking, but it's, I just, this is how I, I feel like I can connect with people in the best way and, and give everybody a chance to learn uh, music, whether they think they can or not, you, you, you can. Hey, which, um, whatever works. What, yeah. Uh, whatever works. Yeah. You know, and it, is, it is fun. Like, I, I, to come up with different things creatively has been a real challenge in a good way for me because it's really made me think, okay, how can I get through to this particular person? Because it doesn't always work for everybody. Right. Some... Some of the things I try, like, fail miserably with somebody, but that doesn't stop me from trying. And, and you know, I'll, I'll ask 
okay, what's your favorite song? Like, let's see if we could pick a chord from that song that we can work on so you're more inclined to want to practice it when I'm not with you on Zoom or in person. Uh, and so, you know, that's something super simple that I've used for a few years. You know, what's your favorite band? And then we start learning songs from that band slowly but surely on the guitar, certain chords to put together. And it's, it's just like small examples of, of, you know, just trying to do things a little bit differently. Have any of the kids ever really surprised you and come out playing like a, a complete song? Like right off the bat? No, no, no. Like it, after working with them for a while. Yeah, there's, um, I gotta say, Jim, there's been a couple really miraculous moments that I've witnessed. I feel like the miracles, honestly. Uh, one has to do with singing, and I'll share a little story about that, and one has to do with piano playing. So, I worked with a company called The Ark years ago. They're, I think they're based all over the country. Mm -hmm. I was in The Ark Mercer is where I worked for a few years, for four years when I first got into this field. And there is an individual that I currently still see because I just kept in touch with the parents, even though I haven't worked there for six years. Uh, we've kept in touch, and they want me to do private lessons with their daughter. And so I said, sure. And so this, I, I, I'm kind of for confidentiality reasons. I'm not, I won't say her right. name. But she is very hard-pressed to make a full-blown sentence on her own. Uh, she just does really bits like bits and pieces like fragments of a sentence. So she might say, hungry, dinner now, instead of, I'm hungry, I'd like to have dinner now. Mm -hmm. right? so she just gives the bits and pieces. And you can figure out what she wants. She, she wants food, she's hungry, you know. Right. Um, but, so I have to preface the story with that because she cannot really string sentences together. But, when I sing with her, she sings an entire song without missing a word. Really? Yeah, and songs are, they're, they're like stories, you know, and they're small, they're short stories. And she doesn't miss one word. So there's something about music for her that she is able to communicate in a way that like everybody else can. And it, it only comes out for music. That's excellent. And that has like been remarkable and I'm not I, I know I'm not the first one to discover this about her but it is I feel like every time I spend with her I, I see a little miracle happen every day mm -hmm. when, when, well like every time I spend time with her and I spend time with her like once a week for half an hour like these days so it's really cool uh, so that's one little story and uh, another one is an individual that I currently spend time with I've been spending time with him for the last two to three years now he had no musical experience whatsoever. Uh, he can now, I taught, I was teaching him music by color at first. Now he's internalized where all the notes are and doesn't need the colors anymore. Really? And we, we swapped back and forth, which is a fun thing I experimented with, with him. Because I haven't done this with anybody else. No one's been able to get to this level yet except him in my one-on-one -on -one time with people. We can swap back and forth playing the rhythm part of a song and then the lead part. So, for instance, uh, we'll play Brown Eyed Girl. Uh -huh. we'll, go through, we'll go through the verse, right? Uh, you know, playing the chords. It's, there's like basically three chords on repeat in the verse. 
So he memorizes where they are, plays the chords in perfect time. I play the solo, the da dum dum da dum da dum dum da dum part, right? And and then after about eight bars of music, I say, all right, let's switch. He goes and switches to playing the lead part, and then I take over for rhythm. And we there's no lag in time. He's able to do it in real time. Like we're basically the same. Like if you were to close your eyes, you wouldn't know who's playing. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. And he's the only person I've been able to do this with. And we can do this. We've done this with like a handful of songs now, where we can. He, I could say, "All right, let's switch," and he knows when I say switch, that means okay, play the part that I was just playing, and I'm going to play your part that you were just playing. Excellent. And it's and it's really fun because I can play. I can jam with him. We can we can like jam like we're in a band, you know. <laughs> and uh, and he's he's uh, someone on the autism spectrum. Um, fairly, in, I feel like he's pretty intelligent, and but I, I mean, I've never been able to get to a level like that with anybody else that I've spent time with. So yeah, to answer your question in a long-winded way, I've seen some pretty cool things, you know, with the people I spend time with. That that's excellent, and I think I think if more people spend time with with people like that, for some reason, I, I get I get the feeling that a lot of people just give up. Just, I, I, and that's just my own uh, observation. There, I, I had a neighbor whose son was, had Asperger's, and it seemed like the father just gave up on him. When he was younger, he was out there playing ball, but the kid was more book smart, I think, than baseball smart. Mm. And the father was more like, "Why isn't my son out here playing football and baseball?" But the kid was very book smart. Actually, he went on to school and he became an engineer. But oh, wow. Yes. That's and, impressive, yeah. And he has Asperger's, but he, he, he's, he's huge. I mean, this kid is huge. He, he has to be close to seven foot tall and probably about 380 pounds. But book smart, he's, he's, he's a genius. But physical, physical wise, you'd say this guy would be great playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. it. Sounds like really, he's really tall. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, no, no physical, no physical sports or anything like that. Video games, he's great. But <laughs> his father just has zero to do with him. That's a shame. And because he's, and I think that's part of the problem that people just kind of give up on him for for whatever reason. I don't know. Are they embarrassed? I don't know. But I think the more you ha- the more you do with them with these kids, the better off they are. And it's just the same thing with any kid. Whatever their whatever their ambition is, whatever their interest is, take an interest in their interest. That's my, yeah. that's I, my thought. I am, all, I am totally with you on that, Jim. You know, I think it's, uh, I have interesting ideas about what you're speaking to as far as like uh, how maybe a parent, uh, you know, maybe has given up on their child because it's maybe not something, not a, not a subject or an area that's of interest for the parent. 
because it's like maybe they didn't become that football player, so they want their son exactly. to become that football player. They want to live vicariously you know? through them. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm with you. I have a son. My son's five. Mm-hmm. And he's at a, it's a, it's a very fun age right now. You're right. Where he wants to just, like, just be outside and do a lot of things running around, but, like, there's things, like, I don't necessarily want to do that he likes. Like, I'll give you an example right now. He likes to play Star Wars, like fake Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, we pretend like we have lightsabers, and and I don't really, I never really got into the Star Wars. I mean, Me I've either. watched the movies, I've watched them, I'm like, okay, they're cool. I'm not, like, a fanatic, right? There's a lot of people who are fanatics, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, but I... I'll play Star Wars with him, and that's not something I particularly enjoy, but he enjoys it, you know? Right. Uh, that's a small example. Like, he wanted to go fishing this past summer. I've never really been into fishing, probably because I always want I'm I'm a very competitive person, and I think, man, I go fishing, and I didn't catch anything. I failed today. But that's, <laughs> like, that's not really the point of fishing, I've discovered, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so, but, like, I, we went fishing, and I developed a... Uh, an enjoyment for it, you know, that I didn't have before because I like to see the joy in his face, you know, when he gets so excited, like, Daddy, let's go fishing. Like, All right. Yeah. You know, like, even though I'm not into fishing, you know, like, but it's, uh, you kind of have to meet, I feel like you have to meet your children where they are. Um, right. I'm, of course, I'm on the very, I'm at the very beginning part of parenting, so I'm, you know, I'm not like ever trying to give advice for this because I'm very new at all of this. <laughs> but I feel like you have to. Like I don't know. I just, I feel compelled to meet my son kind of where he is. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Or at least try to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, there, there's certain things I I don't think you know. You can. Uh, but there, there's there's certain things you can try to at least. Uh, there's not, you're not always, what I'm trying to get is you're not always going to be able to. Right. You know? Right. But you can't just blow them off as if to say, that's not worth it. That's, yeah. And that's what this guy, this this fellow did. You know, right. I don't know. I, I'm not a big video game buff. But <laughs> if 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 my kid is into video games... And they, Dad, come and play video games with me. I, I, I couldn't sit there all day and do it. There's no way. I have a nephew yeah. that could sit there 24 hours a day and play video games. And he'll say, Uncle Jim, come on, come play. Yeah, I, I'll play a game or two, but I'm not going to sit there all day with you. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, right. You know, so I'll, yeah. I'll be interested for, you know, for 20 minutes. but And then I'll say, well practice a little bit and beat me beat me better next time you know right right but i just think that you can't just ignore your kids and whether they have a problem or not and some people some people i know that their their kids have problems they just ignore them altogether and i just can't see that i'm sorry and i think what you're doing with the kids you're you're actually giving them someone that's actually paying attention to them, and I think that's you're right. You're, you're right, Jim. That's um. I think that's so I, great. I didn't, I didn't realize how important it was when I got into this field. I just thought this is what people should be doing in this field: is 
giving them their time and attention. We all crave attention, whether we think we do or not. Exactly. We want to we be loved. We want to be we want to be touched maybe physically. Maybe we want to be touched emotionally. And at any rate, we're human beings crave connection and touch, whether that's emotional or physical touch. Exactly. And, and, a, and a touch of love, like real, genuine, unconditional love. And the best thing we could do, in my opinion, is to give somebody your time and attention because you could be being pulled into many different things and it's the one thing you really don't get back is time. Exactly. It's gone. And... You know, yeah. So I now I realize how important it is. Like, I didn't always. I kind of got into this field naively. Like, a, I, there was a little bit of blind naivety in, on my end. And now I realize it a lot more that, man, sometimes these people could have had a complete awful day because this person's yelling at them and they're not, they're being told to do this and they don't want to do this and they're like being force fed their their medication and it's there's been so many things i've seen and heard um and if i can just come in there and like just be a warm presence with a smile and genuinely ask like how's your day and actually care about the answer um and be like oh i'm so sorry to hear that or you know ask about something in particular their day that like maybe not everybody knows and because to me if you know that's how you maintain relationships you ask about how people are doing and and, and care for the answer. Sometimes you go out of their way. You have to go out of your way to do that sometimes, but it's worth it. You know, you know it's the same thing for for all people that have disabilities. That that, that not just the, not just the uh, developmentally disabled, but for all people that have disabilities. Too many times, people just push them to the side because yeah. it's like, oh, this guy's in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, and it's like, well, it's okay. He he'll be okay over there. Don't worry about him. And that's not true. And these kids, they they're like, well, he doesn't even realize he's over in the corner by himself. Yeah, he does realize he's in the corner by himself. Mm, and yep. people don't people think that because maybe he's he he has mental problems. Oh, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. He's happy looking at the wall. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah. No, no, he's not. <laughs> and that bothers me so much. That's why I got into the podcast, and that's why I got into this Apple a Day thing. You know, people just, they treat people, once once someone has a disability, and they're, maybe they're not, they're, they're a step down from the mainstream, they treat them like, they're less, and they're yeah. not less. They just have a disability. They're still yeah. human beings. Yep. And that's what kills me, especially when they do it to kids. They that kills me, because you're you're they're kids now, and you're already put, kicking them back. You're not even giving them a chance to grow up. To right. be right. And what you're doing means so much. Anyone that works with the, with disabled kids or development developmentally disabled kids, I give them a lot of credit. It's it's hard because yeah. they don't have any structure yet, so they're learning still, and it takes a little bit longer for them to learn, but they will learn. And I, 
I, I give you a lot of credit. I give you an awful lot of credit. Very and, nice of you to say. And I, I thank you for it, honestly. It means a lot, man. It really does. I, it's, it's not easy. Some days it's not easy, you know, but at the end of the day, I know I can lay my head down on the pillow and, and know for a fact that I did what I could to That's make, right. my, make my fellow human being maybe have a little bit of a easier day or think about a good time in their life rather than being put in a corner and forgotten about. You know? That's right. You gave, them, where, you gave them yeah. dignity. If nothing else, for an hour or however long you were with them, you gave right. them some dignity. And that's about yeah. even getting a shiny, uh, you know, a shiny something or other. You gave them dignity. You talked to them like they were human. They are human, but I mean, you talk to them like everyone else doesn't. Everyone else don't, or whatever, however the right way to say that is. But, but you talk to them like other people don't. You talk yeah, to them. I just, I just, I just like I literally talk to them like how I would talk to any friend or family member. Exactly, and that's what has to be. <laughs> and right, that's that's what makes the most sense to me. It's like. Why am I going to treat them any differently? Like in that in that respect of like relationships, it's like we're all human. We all crave, like I said, we all crave the same thing. Exactly, exactly. It kills me when I see an adult, and they're with, like, uh, you, you see them sometimes. They they're going into the stores, and someone's forty five or whatever. And they're with some 20-year-old, and the 20-year-old's talking to them like they're 12. Yeah. Show them the respect that they, that they deserve. Yeah. You know? That, don't talk to them. Don't talk, to, talk, don't talk down to them. Uh, it just, I don't know. It just kills me. And like I said, I've seen the videos of you talking to these people. And especially when the one with you were teaching guitar, that just stands yeah. out to me. Yeah, that that one is special. I've been his name is Doug, and his mom doesn't care right, Doug. That if, if I uh, if I talk about him because like obviously she was cool about that video being out there. Right. So, um, she, he's amazing. Uh, I've known Doug for over a decade. I I started spending time with him when I worked at the Ark years ago, and then I moved on to a different nonprofit. And when I went to branch out on my own to start the company, I she got in touch with me because she found out that I was doing my own thing. And I've known Doug for 10 years. Wow. A, a little close to 11 years now. And, like, he's so much fun to be around. Um, he genuinely really cares. He always asks about my son, my wife, how everything is going. I mean, like, I have a lot of friends that, that like, I'm, no joke, I have a couple friends that don't even ask, like, how am I doing? <laughs> they just they just go on with like the oh this thing is this and this and I got my kids this and da 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 but they never get around to asking hey Jim how are you you know like how is everything like for real you know because people know if they ask me how everything is I'll tell them like whether it's good bad or ugly. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a I don't know. But no, I was impressed. I was impressed with Doug when you were when you were talking with him. You weren't talking down or patronizing or condescending. 
you were talking as if you were just talking to a friend or a student that you right. were, that you right. were teaching guitar to, and yep. he was talking back to you as if you were a friend or a teacher. And he was looking. He was looking at you and trying to do what you were telling him to do. And like I said, I, I'm very impressed with the work that you do. To be honest. Thank you, Jim. It's yeah, it's been a labor of love, that's for sure. Well, you can tell. I, you yeah. can you can tell, and you can tell that they that they that the kids respect you. The the adults respect you. There was the one the the lady. There was an interview with the. I'm sorry, I was watching all of them, and I'm I'm getting confused as I'm talking to you about it. There was a lady that was talking about you, and uh, she she uh, she was she was singing your praises too. I can't think of a name now. Could, could it be Could it be Doug's uh, mom? Was it Janet? I don't know. Blonde. Uh, bl yeah, there's, there's been a lot of. There, there, there's been a lot of videos, so it's hard to keep track. Yeah, I even have a hard time keeping track of it. <laughs> I was I was watching a couple couple at night, and then I was watching the rest of them in the the next day, and then the actually okay. it was the first night I got your 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 email, and I was just going through them, and I was like, I was just very impressed with you. I was impressed, and uh, it was just very nice. And like I said. I'm watching this, and I'm watching you with the kids, and there was no doubt about it. After I watched it, when I wrote you back, I said, there's no doubt I want to talk to you. And uh, I don't know. I'm very impressed with what you do with them, and I, I think anyone that takes the time to do what you're doing with these kids, and they're not, they're not, they're not all kids. Some of these guys are adults. Well, yeah, there's a lot of them that are actually older, way older than me. <laughs> and and I, I see them as like, you know, like I, they, they somehow we have this level of respect for each other, you know. And it's, I think it's because I've opened that door that other people just haven't thought of opening, which is just caring about them. And, and it's so simple. It really is so simple. You know, when it comes down to it, it's a very simple thing, but it's missed by a lot of people because... We have this thing or that thing that we're doing. We have many different things in our mind, you know, and we're sidetracked, we're distracted, we're stressed out, and we can't always give everybody the time of day that maybe we want to, or maybe they're not even thinking about that because they're too consumed in their own head with what's going on in their life that they don't have the bandwidth to open themselves up to other people. Exactly. You know, and so I, it's just, this is part of my wiring. It just is. Well, some people some people think that they're they're too important, and not just not just for people with developmental problems, but for people that aren't on their same pay grade. Or what? Uh, yeah. Some people just make me sick, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so. Like I said, I I think I think everyone is special to a degree. But like I said, you you've taken you've taken it a step further. And I really think I really think what you do is special. To be honest with you, I've met a lot of people doing this, and you know doing the podcast. I've met a lot of people and. 
it's amazing. I didn't know that there were so many people out there that would actually take the time, take their own time to get involved like this. You know, some people, I've met some people too that, well, it's a job for them. And, you know, you can tell it's a nine to five job. And just to get on the podcast, they'll make it sound like, oh, yes, this is my life calling. But at five o'clock, that call stops, you know. But you can tell with you. I mean, (laughs) trying to get a hold of you at eight in the morning or try to get a hold of you at nine at night. And it depends. It depends on what you well where, where you're at. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is very much not a nine to five for me. My wife no. will tell you the same thing. I'm doing. There's sometimes I'm answering emails or coming up with ideas. Ten, eleven o'clock at night. Um, I know. <laughs> I've, I've taken phone calls from uh, individuals because some of the individuals that I spend time with now have my phone number because we have to connect on FaceTime, and so the only way to really do that. I mean, you can do it on an iPad, but I choose to do it on my phone. And so I give them my number and they'll call me like on the weekend. And I'm like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Because like usually, you know, call, and I, I go right into the mode of like, is everything okay? Because you're calling me on a Sunday at like seven in the morning. You know? <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, is everything cool? And they're like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Just wanted to talk. I'm like, oh, okay. So then like I have to send out like, there's another part of it that where I have to sort of set boundaries sometimes. Yeah. Which is which is fine, you know, but um, I am available uh, as much as I can be without, you know, interrupting sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very much not a nine to five. I, there's many things happening before that time and after that time. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I believe me, I understand it. Like I said, my yeah. wife works in the same field. And yeah. at night, I usually, I'll, I'll usually go with her and drive her. So she's not going into some of these places, you know, alone. Right. And, I mean, there's been nights where I'll have to drive her up to the hospital because one of her one of her patients or clients or whatever you want to call them had, had to get rushed to the hospital, and she won't let anyone go to the hospital without her being there when they get admitted. And uh, then there's those Sunday calls, like you said, and she'll go over, she'll want to go over and just visit with them, you know. Right. Of course, there's group homes, and we we had the immense luck that they opened up a group home probably about a mile and a half away from our house. So huh. she, <laughs> she'll stop over, she'll bring pizza over to them, stuff like that, nice. which is nice. I, I have no problem with that, to be honest. And the 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 guys and the guys and the ladies that are there, they're very nice, and they love her, and she loves them, and it's fine. It's just like you said, sometimes boundaries do have to be set. Yeah, well, with anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, boundaries have to be set with a lot of people. You know, it's like I don't want my I don't want my in laws coming over like any time of the day. You know, this, <laughs> this is true. And, and it's, it's, same thing with my wife will say the same thing to you about my parents like you know let me know when my your parents are coming over i need a little bit of a heads up and you know there's been times in the past where they've been at on my house and i have had no idea they were coming over like, yeah but he, can you please like just give me a heads up that your parents are going to be there so like the boundaries lines have to be drawn all the time no matter what relationship well you know? especially with the in-laws you have to clean the house and make it look like you live that way all the time 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give the, we'll give the illusion that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jim, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Likewise. Definitely yeah. has. I'd like to talk to you again. You know, in the future, about this. I, I would be. I'd be all game for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. Why not? Definitely, and you know, I'll put you on our list of experts in this field when we have a question. Oh, you're more of an expert than I am, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's only because I've been I've been in in doing it for ten years. If you did it for ten years, you'd you'd be you'd probably be above and beyond where I am because I only know bits and pieces of it since I'm only doing music. But then again, when I worked at the other nonprofits I was at, I wore a lot of hats too. I did grant writing. I, I did. I helped out with finance a little bit with some projects, um, and I sometimes had to fall into the caretaker role because we were short-staffed at a day program. So yeah, I've, I've done, I've done a gamut of the things that you would see at, at these nonprofits. Uh, I've closed. I've changed people. I've fed them the ones that can't feed themselves. It's very humbling. Very humbling. Yeah, but you know what. There's a space in heaven that has your name on it. I hope so, man. That's what we're all working towards, I feel like, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. So, But, again, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I wish you a ton of luck. And thank you. That, I, think, I think you're going to go a long way with this. I know there's a lot of people that hope you go a long way with it, me included. But a lot of people that you're helping... So, I will talk to you again. Again, thank you. And thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. All right. You too, Jim. All right, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, have Uh, a good one. You too, buddy. All right. To find out more about Jim's services, or if you think you know somebody that might benefit from his services, why not email him at jimgavin at gmail.com. That's J I M. G-A-V-E-N at gmail.com and check out his services. You could go to www.keyofawesomemusic.com That's K-E-Y-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E-M-U-S-I-C dot com That's keyofawesomemusic.com or check him out on Facebook. He's www.facebook.com forward slash key of awesome music. His organization is great. You'll be surprised at what you see. And like I said, you may know somebody or you yourself might benefit from his programs. So check him out. Or again, email him at Jim Gavin. That's J-I-M-G-A-V-E-N at gmail.com. You won't be sorry. Okay, let's move on here. I want to thank you for stopping by today, and I want to remind you, stop by our group at famousapple.com forward slash group. That'll bring you to Living with a Disability. That's an Apple a Day group. So you get a chance, stop by famousapple.com forward slash group. Hey, 
Remember this, no matter what, things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position, so things can always be worse. Remember that, my friends. Hey, again, thanks for stopping by today. You've been listening to An Apple A Day. My name is Jimmy Apple, and remember this, no matter what disease or problem you might have, the best medicine out there is laughter. Take care, my friends. (laughs) Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.